The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Love to be engaged in these conversations. And that's why we bring so many dynamic people from all over the world that give us practical application, give us tools, not rules, so we can truly be intentional. And I can I can tell you having um, the last several months that we have in our society, the intentional spirits have risen uh, to a greater awareness because we have been in this practice for so long of not letting externals rule our lives, but rather than growing into a greater part inside ourselves. So no different today than our great guest, Keith Leon S. He's a social media guy too. He's all over the place on social. Welcome, Keith. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you for being here. Hello. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Yeah, yeah, we've been together before and we've, uh, I think we've met along the way in California somewhere, I was thinking. But anyway, um, it's just a pleasure to have you. And I was thinking, well, I, 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 I thought, you know, two things. One is when I was reading your bio and everything, I went, whoa, how does he do all this? And then I thought, oh, kind of reminds me of my myself because <laughs> you are all yeah. you do not let dust accumulate under your feet that's for sure you know so <laughs> yeah my gosh on you're mission. on fire you're always doing a new book or a something you're known as the book guy I mean you and your wife and you, you've been pumping out some books through your life how did you get to be you I mean how did you uh, give the audience some of the backstory about your life and how did helping people become a thing that really matters to you? Mm. Well, the last piece I've, I've had that my whole life, but being able to support a lot of people started with what my wife and I wrote our first book together back in 2002 called The Seven Steps to Successful Relationships. And that came about because we we had developed a communication tool that was so powerful that everybody kept asking us, what is that thing you do? Or we would be throwing stuff at each other and you say a few things and then everything is healed. It's like, what is that thing? And uh, so we wrote this relationship book, got John Gray to endorse it and stepped into that ministry for a while, helping people with relationships. 
And uh, but but after that, I really stepped into a wanted to help people to discover their life purpose. I felt like I had finally been mine had been revealed to me, and I felt like that was such a beautiful and magical process that I wanted to help others do the same. So I did a book called Who Do You Think You Are? Discover the Purpose of Your Life. And that book, I reached out to all the people that I thought were living their purpose in life. So that was 10 people from the movie The Secret, right? Jack Canfield, Bob Proctor, John Demartini, uh, John Asraf, Marcy Shimoff, just a long list of, of uh, incredible people. And they all took me under their wing and taught me exactly what to do to make that book a success, a huge international bestseller. So everything everything shifted in nine months' time. I went from Keith Who to speaking in front of a thousand people and telling this story about how I created this book and all these people took me under their arm and, and uh, mentored me. And people kept coming up and saying, hey, aren't you the book guy? Aren't you that book guy? Hey, aren't you the book guy? And so the people literally gave me that name. That wasn't something that came out of my head. They just kept saying, aren't you the book guy? So my inquiry to spirit was, why do they keep saying that? And I realized that I was the only person walking the earth that had all of the masters give me everything that they had and teach me everything that they had about the industry, about books and speaking. And uh, so I just realized that that's why they call me the book guy, because I'm the only one that has all of that knowledge. And so I stepped into teaching people how to write books. And then I helped so many people do that, that my mentor, Jack Canfield said, you might want to start publishing some of those people because you've had a lot of publishing success. So whether you know it or not, you're a publishing company. And we stepped into that uh, 17 years ago and have been helping people get their mission and their message out to the world ever since. And we love what we do. Uh, you can tell, you absolutely can tell that you love what you do. And um, yeah. what a journey, huh? Right time, right yeah. way. I mean, just stepping into that space. That's very, very powerful. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. and that, that book project was what I had done different than I did with everything else before that was every morning during that book project, I would put aside my plan or my to-do list or what I thought, you know, little Keith thought I should do. And I would say, God, spirit what is my next step? And then I would sit in the silence until I received it. And so I did the whole book project like that. And so it was led by spirit and it was the polar opposite results of everything I had done before, right? From like seeming failure in business to just the whole world opening up to me and ending up with the three mentors I wanted to, my whole life I had. It was uh, just a huge transformational process. Well, I, I'm sure, I mean, I've talked to, you know, authors along the way that have many books, as you do, and they yeah. use different things of, there's some of the best projects of my life, or they are like my children, I don't have a favorite, you know, um, do you have a favorite book that you've created that you felt the most proud of, or that has changed you the most? Mm. If I had to pick a favorite, that would be my life purpose book, Why I'm Walking This Planet, was to write the book, Walking With My Angels, A True Story. And that's what we were talking about last time I was on your show. Uh, I was told by angels and and Jesus and many uh, avatars and ancestors in an out-of-body experience uh, when I was like 20 years old 
that I would write this book. And uh, so everything that I had done from that time. How did, the time how did they do that? To... Give me, tell, tell me more because I just, I know the audience. We've been together a long time and I know the things they're curious about. So, and I know we talked about yeah. it on the other show, but we have all new, a lot of new people now, or, you know, perhaps they don't remember. Yeah. But so right. when you were much younger, you were told that you were going to be writing the book about walking with angels. Yeah, well, when I was a child, I could hear my guardian angel's voice. I had a manic depressive mm-hmm. mother and and no father, so I really needed some guidance. And so my uh, my guardian angel stepped up and was letting me hear his voice. And so that that guardian angel he kept me out of harm's way many many times, kind of mentored me as a child and and helped me uh, stay on the planet basically. And then in my early uh, in my early 20s, and I was uh, bartending up in uh, Fresno, California, that's when uh, a a man, so he was in a body, uh, came to the place that I worked and I was bartending and came every, came every day and kind of befriended me and got to be friends enough to where I would kind of invite him after work. Hey, do you want to hang out? And he said, sure, yeah. And um, so we hung out after work and he started asking me questions about my belief system and, and found out it, by that point it was not, not that great, <laughs> uh, my belief system. And uh, so eventually he started saying things like, you know, do you, do you trust me? And I said, and I did. So the first thing he did to kind of prove to me who he was was uh, my stepfather, uh, who my mom was with for a very short time, and passed away when I was seven years old. Uh, I had the wedding ring that he had on when uh, when he left the planet, and uh, so he he asked if he could see that ring, and he put it in his hand, and he did uh, a life review from the time I was born all the way up to my stepfather died with that ring on that day, and I could tell he saw it because he quaked and handed me the ring and said I could have went my whole life without seeing that, uh, so, and everything he said was completely accurate everything and there was no google back then so there's no way he could have known any of this uh so that helped me believe in him even more and he kept doing things like that just predicting the world events telling me how my whole next day would go and everything everything happened exactly the way he said and then eventually he said again do you trust me and i said yes and he said then i need to tell you i said tell me what he said okay so i am an earthbound angel and you know how people call people that do good deeds and earthbound angel? Yeah, well, that that's not what we really are. He said, uh, there's a group of us that are, uh, I was an etheric angel, right? And then I dropped into this body, and now I am assigned to certain people and uh, to take them, to keep them on the planet, ultimately, to get them past their, uh, to, to get them to their predetermined expiration date. That's what he shared mm-hmm. with me. Is and that, like is that kind of, excuse me, is that kind of similar to um, uh, many years ago? I, I think we're talking the late 80s. I was really into reading Dick uh, Sutphin's work. Do you remember him? And he kind of, he's one of the early trailblazers that, you know, information was coming more available and more accessible to us. And he was all about Sedona. But um, I don't know if he wrote a, a book about it or articles about it, but he referred to such people, as you're saying, uh, angels in a human body as walk-ins. Is that is that the same thing? 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. That's what, that's I, mean, I was thinking said, it know. was kind of the same, but you know, you, you just don't want to be too assumptive, not in the world we live in now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I just don't want to miss that moment. But anyway, so, uh, he, he yeah, really please. came to, uh, bring you to the next level of your life is what I'm hearing you right. say. He said he was here to do three things to, Take me from believing in nothing to believing in everything and to reveal my life purpose to me. And then at some point he would save my life. And at that, after that, after he had done that, that I needed to let him go because then he would be off assigned to someone else and have to go help them. And so he'd spent uh, about a year and a half with me. You know, and I got to do things that I never got to do because I didn't have a father. And he was teaching me lessons all the way through the process and showing me miracles every day so that I could uh, believe in him. And, and then ultimately he did, uh, this leads back to your question, <laughs> uh, he, he facilitated an out-of-body experience where I was more awake than I am even now and knew I could jump in my body at any time. And I came, I came out and he met me there and then we flew out like through the ceiling and out over the city and out into the country and to this giant bonfire and we kind of floated down and I uh, came to this bonfire and there was Jesus and there was other avatars and beings of light and my ancestors and, and they all just told me why I was here on this planet and what, what I was here to do. And one of the things was to write this book. And they said it would be called Walking with My Angels. So it's literally their title, not mine, and that it would be uh, my uh, experiences and true stories about angels. And the book would be about raising the vibration of the planet and everyone that held it in their hands would be raised to their next level of vibration, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> and, so, and so I uh, came up and back into my body and the next day, I could only remember what the first one said. That's all I could remember. I could remember being there and how I got there, but only could remember what the first one said. And when I asked my angel why that was, he said, it's too big. It's too much for you right now. Uh, and that what that one said is your next step, the next thing for you to do. And so take that step. And then as you go through your life, you'll remember what what your next step is and you'll remember what that one said and you'll remember what that one said and that's what my life's been about ever since it's just a series of being uh, revealed you know all the things that were told to me at that time and then just taking action on it and that's mm -hmm. why so many people say oh my god your life is so blessed how does everything happen for you and it's like that's how <laughs> you know i get the next step and i boldly no matter how much it puts me up against fear or any of that, I just do what I'm told. <laughs> and, uh, and because I am willing to follow what my inner guidance, God, spirit, universe, angels, you know, whatever you like to call it, right? Um, because I follow that, things have worked out really, really wonderfully. Yeah, and for those of you that are, you know, really engaged in, in what um... – what is being said, you know, the, the thing of it is, is I think what's beautiful is that you were, you were checking in with, um, something that wouldn't be considered the everyday, you know, it wasn't like a, your teacher in the second grade said, you're going to do great things and you're going to go, sure. Thank you. But because you were dealing with something very unique, you had the tendency to engage and, and listen. And I, I draw from that because of, the, just the years in studying deep-rooted Celtic shamanism 
and all the imagery and everything that I saw in the underworld, I still, that comes up today, just like it was yesterday, because those images are so strong in my mind. And that's what I hear is that something so out of the ordinary happened that you never questioned it. You didn't go, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to believe that or well, my teacher said that to a lot of students and look how they didn't turn out. You know, you just believed in something, you know, greater. And I guess ultimately when we think about, you know, a greater truth, I mean, that would be ideal if we all listen to the downloads that come our way, you know, but then mm-hmm. our personalities come into play as well. But that's kind of what I hear about you of, of a different kind of distinction is you you kept your personality intact uh, or monkey mind or mentalizing or whatever theorizing or whatever you want to call it. Um, and just said, no, this is, you know, this is the, you've developed a real trust muscle. And um, yeah. that's really cool. I, I, I don't talk to a lot of people that can say that, you know, good for you. Yeah. It took a lot to get me there. <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah. I called my. I used to go joke around and call my angel Job because Lord knows he had the patience of Job. Because it, it took like so much to get it through my head. But once I got there, then then yeah, it was like faith of a mustard seed. After that, I was like, How did How did I'm you know it was faith. a guy? I mean, when you were hearing the voice way back before you then met a person, how how did you know it that this angel had a gender? Did did he tell you? Well, that's the, the voice that I heard, right, was a male voice. Got and it. I'm sure that's because, I, you know, I didn't have a father, and, and I, that was something I craved and needed. <laughs> it was a father figure in my life. And so mm-hmm. uh, uh, you, you and I both know that there is no gender, and so uh, angels will appear to you in the way that you will be able to believe in them. Right. Yep. And so for me, that yep. was, that's what that I wanted to hear you say, you know, because I, yeah. I, I, I love for people to hear the different perspectives, you know, for for our listeners. But absolutely that we we hear them and experience them the way that's needed for us. Right. Yeah. Interesting thing is when I uh, I always I had like Dorian Virtue angel cards and I was like, hey, maybe someday I'll have angel cards. And when the Walking with My Angels book came out, I did. I created a. A set of cards and so I uh, asked you know which archangels wanted to speak through me and I came up with 11 and then I asked them all for four messages each and uh, so this just goes to what we were talking about uh, Gabriel is the archangel who shows up in the Bible and most people consider Gabriel a male and so I said Gabriel what do you want me to share in these cards and it was like <clears throat> it's Gabriel <laughs> I heard a woman's voice, and I was, and I was like, oh, "It's like, okay, please call, corrected. state my name correctly." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "Okay, I stand corrected." Gabrielle, what do you want me to to share? And then I got four messages, and later I I thought, "Wow, it's, you know, why would it appear to me as a woman, and as did others?" And I was like, "Oh, because I was raised with my mom." My sister and my grandmother raised me, women in the church, right? I always felt more comfortable with, with women than I did with men. And so it was like, it's no surprise that it would be like, oh, no, it's Gabrielle. <laughs> you know, it's uh, they appear the way that we would be able to accept it. And so I thought that was a really, really cool manifestation. I, 
You know, I call them in every day, um, Gabrielle, Raphael, Michael, and mm -hmm. Uriel. I mean, those are just... Yeah. Those are just some real powerful forces to have on your team. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's the, that's the it, four. That's my four that I. Is it? It's your four too. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, well here we are. Yes, I I call forth them um, in my in my daily prayer work and also um, uh, Saint Germain, you know, and and the mm -hmm. the purple flame and. I've just always found it to be, you know, immensely powerful. Uh, certainly, Jeshua, and you know, obviously God. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I've just found, you know, to be, to have great tools uh, to be aligned with, you know, um, on, on heaven and earth, meaning consciousness, you know, above yeah. and so below. I mean, why would one not? You know, it it fascinates me when. When people, you know, are so intended to put like new thought in a box. Oh, that's woo woo. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, there's that, that's that. It's like, goodness gracious, how how could you ever put, you know, just basic fundamental ancient teaching in a box? Um yeah, because it's yeah. it's been since the beginning of time, you know. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, yeah, and the, and the that's more, great. Isn't more, that funny? Well, now I know something new about you I didn't know before that we call forth the same archetypes. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, daily. <laughs> <It's> cool. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So keep on. <laughs> keep on. You, you have yeah. us captivated. So um, yeah. stay with your story, and buddy. I, and I love to tell people, you know, uh, especially if I'm in a group of, you know, new people, I say, you know, God, Spirit, Universe, Allah, Jehovah, um, Muhammad, right? Uh, it doesn't care mm -hmm. what you call it, as long as you call it. And that's my point, right? It's uh, as long as you call it, meaning uh, we, I, I tell everybody, we can all agree that everything is energy, right? And every hand goes up. Okay, so, so we're all made of energy. That's the one thing that's constant. And so we decided, hey, we want to try on this thing called the body, right? We want to try that on. And so we jumped into a body. Now, just because we're in a body does not mean that we're disconnected from the source energy where we came from. Matter of fact, it's the opposite. We are directly connected to it, but we need to sit, ask, and listen. A lot of us sitting, meditating, praying, a lot of us asking questions, but when do we really listen until we receive the answer to the one question we asked before we move on to the next thing? Or if you're an entrepreneur like me, before the next shiny object comes along and you forget, right? It's the how I've really had all these blessings come to me is is the listen part so i sit ask and then i sit in the silence and i wait until i receive the answer to the question i asked before moving on to anything else mm. and that has, you know that you you just you just tuned into a uh a space that about the listening because i often you know people hear yeah i took i read a book about listening you know i know the five steps of listening um, I'm pretty in tune with listening and, you know, yada, yada. Right. The key I find about the advantageous way that your work has led you on this path is the key word was silence and then listening. Mm -hmm. Because uh, with the teacher archetype, 
in especially shamanism, it's like the teacher archetype wants to be in control, the shadow wants to be in control, wants to know, wants to be self-righteous, those kind of things. But when you bring in silence, then it's things are happening the way they're supposed to. Everything's in divine order. You know, yes, yes, yes. So that's, I think, impressive about your story. And I'm just kind of using your story today for all the people that are listening that are like, oh, I'm ready for the next step in my life is that you have silence and then you listen, but you're listening to your soul path. You're not engaged in your personality or your analytical mind. And I think often people confuse those two things. Do you, do you resonate with that? Yeah. And I love the question. People say, well, how do you know when it's from an angel right. or from source how do you or know? from God? Uh-huh. When you get, and I say, well, A, it's, it's an answer that you've not been able to get to in your mind, right? Come with those questions, right. the ones that you, you, your name, have not been able to come up with. And then also it usually makes you go like this, right? When you get that breath, you go, whoa, right? That that's usually means that's the answer coming from source. It, it makes you go, whoa, right? Because <laughs> you, right. you had not been able to receive it from any other way. And, uh, yeah, and it comes when, you know, monkey mind and uh, ego and all of those things are no longer present. You're just with your Yeah, and, and they're question, determined to get your attention. Question. Mine used to be when I would go into old patterning, and, and not that I'm still spared that as a human being. I'm not implying that. But when I was working right. through the heaviest parts of my psychology and emotional body, woundology and stuff, as feathers would fall yeah. out of the sky like almost hit me in the head. <laughs> so, so, I mean, yeah. I have a collection of feathers that you can only imagine, but they would literally, you know, fall like right on top of the roof of the car or, you know, and, and, and those kind of things. And it would be that kind of connection that it's like, oh, okay, I get it. All right. It. I mean, and it. and it would be like in a convertible, like call it fall in my yeah. lap, you know, like uh, esoteric <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah. 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 We have to do whatever it takes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when people are first starting, kind of invoking, inviting, is what I call it, angels into their lives, I, I tell them, like, be specific. Say, uh, I'm, first, I'm giving you permission because, right, they, they just love us unconditionally and get us to our predetermined expiration date, our guardian angels. Like, that's their only job. And anything more than that, we have to ask tell them that it's okay and invite them. So when we do that, I'd say, be specific. Say like, if, if I ask a question and then I go out and turn on the radio and the next, that first song, the lyrics are the answer to the question. I will know it's you. If I ask a question and then one of my friends comes up and says, I don't know I'm supposed to tell you this, but here you go. That's an answer. So be specific. <laughs> That's and they'll right. answer you we're, the we're talking yeah. to uh, the incredible Keith Beyond. S, and you can go to his website at leonsmithpublishing.com. We'll be right back after this short break. Thank you for being with us. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. 
welcome back, everyone. And you know how much I enjoy being with you. And and I, I just want to give a shout out and say how grateful and in gratitude I am to all of you and, and that you actually share our, our radio show with other people and with your family and friends. It's because of you that we are um, have such a tremendous listenership. And I, I just never want to take that for granted. I'm grateful. I appreciate it. Please visit me on templehays.com or firstunity.org. We have an online educational model now where we either have lifelong learners and we also teach uh, the core values of, of shamanic spiritual leadership. So I'd love you to get engaged in that and, and know more about what we're offering now. These are very exciting times. And so I'm talking today to Keith Leon S. He's been on the show before. He's been on the circuit a lot. I mean, if you look at some of his travel schedule, you go, whoa, especially more so pre-COVID, of course. But anyway, um, we are also talking about his new book, Navigating the Clickety-Clack. Did I do it right? (laughs) (laughs) You got it. You got it. (laughs) I landed it. Oh, I'm so proud. Okay, great. Well, your new book. So uh, enlighten us about it because I know you're very excited about it and I want to hear yeah. about where did that title come from? I told him I was a Southern girl and that was too many syllables for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll share this with you as quickly as I can. So I, so walking with my angels comes out and I'm living mm-hmm. my life purpose, right? The, the reason I'm on the planet, I'm going around, I'm doing live events, I'm doing media, I'm doing book signings, I'm teaching people how to contact their inner guidance system. I'm loving it. Uh, just it's going so well. And then, boom, COVID happens. Just like you said, everything comes to a screaming halt. And I'm like, okay, so I wait 22 years to write this book. I'm living in my purpose. And then this, like, really? So I get nine months of bliss why I'm walking the planet, right? Loving every second of it. And then this, and so I, I really went through a mourning period. Just, it just stopped. And, and so I allowed myself that time to go within and just, just kind of mourn the loss for now of being able to teach people about walking with angels. And because online wasn't the same as being in a room with people. So when I did what I do, which is eventually I came to the question, if not that, then what am I here to do? So if I'm not sharing angels with people, what am I here to do? And I stayed in that question and breathed into what should I do next? And I had a vision of when my wife and I first started our business and we had a mentor. And his name was, um, uh, his name was Fletch Rainey. And we would call him kind of freaking out with our new business woes. And he would always tell us, relax, you're in the clickety-clack. Just relax, you're in the clickety-clack. And so we were like, what is this clickety-clack you keep talking about? And he says, Do you have a, did you have a 10-speed bicycle when you were a kid? And I said, yeah. He said, when, remember when you were changing from one gear to the other, but it didn't quite catch yet, the chain? Like, what noise did it make? And my wife and I were like, oh, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Oh, okay, I get it. And he said, yes, yes, but... But you had faith that it was going to catch, and so you kept pedaling, right? So you kept pedaling in faith, and then eventually it caught. But when it caught, you're into a whole new gear, a brand new gear that was even better than before. And we Mm. said, yeah, okay, I get it. So he said, relax, you're just in the clickety-clack. 
So I got clear. I was like, oh, it's a book about that, right? The time, the space in between and how to get through that. I get it. I get it. It's going to be a book. I'm clear. Okay, so what would the subtitle be? What's the subtitle? And I sat in that question. Then I saw me giving workshops all over the country for years, and the number one most attended workshop was how to live a peace-filled life in a seemingly toxic world. Mm -hmm. People always showed up for that because that's what they wanted. Like, how are you able to stay peaceful when I would not be peaceful? (laughs) Like, how do you do that? Teach me that. And so I had it, navigating the clickety-clack, how to live a peace-filled life in a seemingly toxic world. And I just got excited all over again because I was like, COVID, you know, all the things going on in the world right now is a clickety-clack. There could be no better time than to call up people who I know are a walking, talking demonstration of living the quality of being able to be the peaceful people, stay that way no matter what gets thrown at them, and to, uh, to pick their brains, really, and ask them how they're able to do that. And so... So the first book had uh, Jack Canfield and Bob Proctor and Christy Whitman and uh, 17 other incredible difference makers. And um, I asked them all three questions and it was international bestseller in nine countries. It was reached so many people and gave them so many tools that everybody kept coming to me and to the authors saying, is there going to be another one? Is there going to be another one? And so uh, so the one I'm working on right now is Volume 2, Navigating Clickety-Clack, How to Live a Peace-Filled Life in a Seemingly Toxic World. And uh, this, this book features uh, Joe Vitale, Marie Diamond, and uh, my friend Adam Markell, and uh, 17 other incredible difference makers that are walking the planet. And so it's, uh, it's just it's powerful because the, the first question that I ask everybody is, you know, how is the clickety-clack showing up in your life? So they, they share a time that, that it came up. How did you navigate your way through? So they get to hear the story of how they got through it. And then what tools do you recommend for staying peaceful in a seemingly toxic world? So you get 20 people sharing their best, right, their tips and tools of how to stay peaceful when everything around you seems to be crumbling. And uh, it's just the most amazing and juicy project that I'm so excited about. And volume two comes out April 6th. We're having a huge launch party. All the authors will be there. And, and uh, we did that with the first book too. And, and people just had so much fun on the, uh, on the launch call. And then all the people who came on the call actually got to help make the book a bestseller because they waited until they came on the call and then went and purchased the book right in that, you know, 90 minute period of time. And that was what put us over the top from like number two and number three to number ones in, in every category it was the people who showed up and, and purchased in that one, you know, 90 minutes of time. It was just amazing. So, uh, mm-hmm. so that's, mm-hmm. that's that, a great that's model. And that, that type mm-hmm. of book is, is, is just a winner. You know, it's another, uh, if you will, it's another door of like the former chicken soup for the soul. I mean, it's just a great Correct. model much more elaborate yeah. or maybe more laser focused with the, with the subject. But I've been in um, some of those books as well. And they do, they just do really well uh, because everybody on the collective is working together and you get more than one opinion or, you know, et cetera, about a particular subject. And yeah, good for you. It sounds like you've, you've really found a, a rhythm in your, as you've been navigating your own clickety clack for sure, you know, way to go. Good for you. 
And and Jack Canfield is one of those three mentors <laughs> that I wished for my whole life. So uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of similarity between the what what he does as a model and has taught me and and what I do because I'm a great uh, great student as well. <laughs> right? Yeah, just, that's beautiful. Do what, it's absolutely beautiful. And share. so um, yeah. when when will you be announcing the launch party and? How can people access the information to find out about getting the books now? Is the first one on Amazon? Uh, the first one? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Okay. Just uh, either you could just put in "navigating the clickety clack" and it'll show up, uh, or Keith Leon S. and all my books show up there. Uh, the launch party is Tuesday, April sixth, at seven p.m. Eastern. So that's uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, you go to tiny, as in small, tinyurl.com forward slash NCC, which stands for Navigating the Clickety Clack Live. Tinyurl slash NCC Live, or NCC2, sorry, live, and that's where you can register to go to the event, and it'll send you reminder emails. Uh, there's no charge for the event. It's just a way for us to, to get together and have fun and for you to get to meet the authors in the book. And how many books is this for you now? Let's see. Um, personally, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> okay, there seven, you go. Eight, You're having to nine, stop, nine. take a breath, <laughs> sit in the silence to count them. Okay, that's impressive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, nine, but, little but children, nine little children. Nine little children running helped. around. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I've, but I've helped thousands of people to write their books, and once we passed 100, of how many people we've published we just kind of stopped counting so uh so many so many people we've helped to get their mission and message out to the world and and it's just uh just a beautiful thing to be able to do well absolutely yeah just to pay it forward you know for sure mm-hmm. it's, it's just really wonderful so once you uh once it's post-covid are you um you're planning on staying on the road again? I mean, is that part of your yeah. market strategy or are you, uh, do you do yeah, most of it online? No, no, I want to get back on the road again and do live events with, with uh, the angel event, how to contact your angels live. Right? I just <laughs> love, 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 love that because I get to see the miracles happen right in front of my eyes, you know, see people go, Oh, and I just say, Oh, put words on that. What just happened? And, the most incredible things were happening the whole time I was on tour. You know, people's loved ones who they had asked for just anything, any sign once they had left the body uh, speaking to them. You know, uh, just, just just so many incredible things happening, people making contact at the events and um, sharing those stories with me. And it was just like so fulfilling, so, so wonderful. And, and it's a live, you know, no event is, ever the same so I had some people kind of follow me around <laughs> like in Florida I had a woman who came to every event I did in Florida because, and she's an angel person uh, she, she said oh man I was told I was supposed to, to come and the first one was at, at your spiritual center uh, she came to that event and then uh, came to others and uh, because she was told to be to be there <laughs> right mm-hmm. and as were a lot, of, a lot of people that showed up and uh, the events are always different because they're led by 
God, Spirit, the angels. I have no, I have all the tools and no plan. And I have uh, my guitar there, and I have music tracks because I'm also a singer. And so there's some music, and uh, and I have slides that can support uh, processes, but I, I have no agenda. And so it's what, because I feel like for me to to assume that I know what the room needs, that's ego, right? And so mm-hmm. what the angels told me to do was to show up in the room and then say, what? <laughs> right? What am I here to do? And uh, And that was interesting for me because before this angel tour, I always did want to know exactly what I was saying. And I knew every word I was going to say, and I had the slides to do it, you know? And, uh, and, and when I said, you know, what's this event going to be like? And, and I heard nothing. And so I kept rephrasing the question. <laughs> I asked it again. And finally they said, all the tools and no plan. I said, Oh, what do you mean by that? And they said, yeah, you, you, you'll have everything on standby, but you'll let the people in the room dictate what the event is to be. And uh, not once did I go, okay, angels, what's next? And, and have nothing. You know, they just told me the whole time, do this, do that, try that, check with the room, ask, you know, and I was like, okay, okay. And I did that for nine months. And it was the most amazing experience to be in the moment with spirit and, uh, of all sorts <laughs> and let that flow through and uh, the events were amazing uh, for me just as much as the people that were in the room it's just absolutely the best way isn't it to just show up and mm. allow you know yeah. having some sense of knowing you're going to drive a car but you don't have to follow the the gps to the letter i think that's that's such a better way to go uh, to allow that that spiritual spontaneity to come through, and you know, and I I don't know the number of times that that's happened, and I'll I'll, I'll just start talking about something, and I'm kind of observing myself talking about it. And I'm going, where is this coming from? But then you know, something will happen later, and there's an interaction with another person, and they're like, I'm going through exactly that, like right this minute. It always I love that. I never I I don't feel I ever take that for granted. Of, of how magic that is. And it, I, I think having been a speaking coach and, you know, all those kind of things through the years, it's very difficult for most people to, to be out on those little tiny branches, you know, because they are, they want to be in control or, or they feel like yeah. it makes them vulnerable uh, to not feel like they're being in control, even though that certainly is an illusion, but that's that heart space you know, that so many things can happen. And I've seen that happen a lot. And I mean, seasoned people that have traveled all over the world and have big names and you'll, you'll go to listen to them. And it's like canned. Here we go again. Point one, point two, point three. You know, it's like, come on, you know, have some heart in the space of the fluidity of nature, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so good for you. That's a that's a monumental uh, monumental achievement right there, that you're able to free yeah. flow like that and let the heart be the heart be and heartbeat of the entire room um, express express the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I first really experienced that as 
as a singer. And Carl Anderson was one of my mentors. Uh, he was Judas and Jesus Christ Superstar and had a bunch of hits in the 80s. And he was the one that uh, was mentoring me personally. And at one point he said, oh, you're hiding behind that guitar because I was guitar player and lead, lead singer, right? And he's like, you're hiding behind the guitar. I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, well, he goes, think about it. You can never be 100% of either one of them. You could split. I don't care if it's eighty twenty or if it's fifty fifty. You could never be a hundred percent singing or a hundred percent playing, and uh, and so you're gonna be in your head no matter what. And so uh, at, at Agape Spiritual Center, which was my you know spiritual center at the time, it's like fifteen hundred people at every service. So he he literally made me put my guitar down, stand out there in front of the mic, what I felt was naked to the world, and trust another guitar player in the band to to get me through it without having control of it. And he said, only then would I be able to be 100% um, available to spirit pour through me what he knew that I had the ability to let pour through. And um, whew, once I stepped into that were, was when I had those experiences that were, I sang a whole song and then uh, I just remember opening my breath to sing and then coming back and hearing people clap and not remembering one thing and going back and list, get, grabbing the CD of the service and listening back to it and going, wow, you know, I'm singing riffs I never even sang before. And <laughs> where did that come from? And it was just, uh, just an amazing experience, completely, completely different than uh, from in my head to literally letting, letting spirit pour through. And so what, what would you say are a couple of the main things that through this whole process that, that you've learned that you have, it's clearly evident that here you were before and here you are now uh, emerging into this whole space of your life. Um, how has this process changed you? Hmm. Uh, before I just, I had uh, fear. Like before that I was, I would forget lyrics, you know, the first sentence of a song. I just always forgot it until I was able to step out into trust, right? So I think it, it just took me from in my head and thinking that I knew that I had to figure out what to do to complete, complete faith and trust. And uh, my wife told me recently, I think that's the difference between you and most people is that you, you're all in on faith. Like you're never 90%. Either you believe it or you don't, right? That's that's how you think. Uh, so I think it, it's delivered me to a place of trust and faith and uh, trusting that inner guidance. Uh, even if it's, you, you want to call it first instinct. You know, that's what my angel taught me. He said, your first instinct is right, but only every time. <laughs> but only every time. So, so you had me get a journal and ask a question and the first thing that came to me write it down and if I was willing to commit to whatever the first thing was doing it that way instead of what came after that my second instinct third fourth fifth battle back and forth so many times I couldn't remember what the first instinct was right if I would write down the first answer I got and stick to that it would completely transform my life and it has I would say absolutely uh <laughs> no doubt about it. So what's what's next? Is there a third book 
navigating the clicky clack or what what uh, film? I mean, what, yeah, I know you've delved into production and stuff like that. What what's next on the horizon for you? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, with navigating the clickety clack, you know, it'll if more people ask after the second one, like so many that I go, okay, I got it. You know, we're going to do another one. Then we'll do another one. Uh, I definitely know when I get back out with um, with angels and share people and, and with people and do live events about that as well. Uh, I had started doing a uh, like a documentary film about walking with my angels, and again that kind of halted. So I am in uh, to be continued and let the universe tell me what's next. <laughs> so I don't know right now, but I'll tell you, mm -hmm. I'll know when I, when it's time and then I'll step into action and, and be right, right into that. I, I think that there are, in my own, you know, opinion here from the East, I, there's a, to me, there's a sense that people receive things uh, much more openly about angels than at one time they did. I'm not talking about theological religiosity angels, but I'm talking about the download of, of you're really feeling right. like you're, you're getting messages as a messenger and um, yeah. you're having this awareness and stuff. I, I just find in my own um, energy field and when I'm with people that don't know me or anything like that and I, I talk about you know, someone that's died in my life that still communicates with me, there seems to be a much deep, deeper level of, of listening and, uh, and genuine acceptance, uh, than mm -hmm. I've noticed before, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, and, and yeah, engagement, and I guess the word is engagement. It's not like they're just listening to you and going, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But they're engaged and they're actually doing some storytelling among themselves. So I think things have really shifted with um, people being open and not so close-minded yeah. to the way we've been taught in this little box of being a USA human, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, in, 19, in 1983 and 84, when, when this angel worked with me, he was like, tell nobody of these experiences. Because back then, you know, they would have locked me up, got me, put me in a sadded pill and got me mm -hmm. a padded cell and, and got me some medicine. Right? They just, mm -hmm. you just didn't even hear about, oh, you're hearing voices? Let's get you some meds. That's how it was. And, but as the years passed by, at one point it was like, yeah, share with her. You know, it was like another angel person. So I shared a story and, and, and she was like, wow, earthbound angel, what now? You know, she hadn't heard it the way that I shared it. And every once in a while I'd share just to gauge, you know, share it with people. And I found over the years, it just more and more people were like, that's so cool. Nobody looked at me like, okay, Keith, <laughs> get the net, you know? They were just like, that's so cool. Wow, I want to hear more. And so I wasn't surprised when I finally did get the nod, you know, it's time, which you read about in the beginning of the book. I finally heard, it's time, and I go, to write the book? And they said, yes. And I was like, thank you. Thank God, 22 years is a long drought <laughs> waiting for that. But I realized once I was writing it, oh, man, people are really, really open and, and willing and ready to ready to, to try this, you know, to, to give it a go. <laughs> and so timing is always perfect when we're when we let that timing be divine. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I understand that as a gay person of what that's like. So I can resonate in that energy. It, it's great that you came out of the closet about your angels. That's really powerful. Yeah. And uh, 
changed a lot of people. You know, your book has been a tremendous success and a lot of people can say they're better people because of it. So, you know, good for you that for your bravery and courage. And uh, I'm very impressed with your work. You've done done great things here. Mm, and it'll just be you. interesting yeah, to see what, what happens next. I mean, every time I connect mm-hmm. with you, you've got yet another big project going on. So it's really good. Yeah. 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 Whatever they give me. Uh, yeah, it's, it, the Angel Book is such a vulnerable piece of work because I talk about, you know, my everything, my drug addiction, you know, just every every challenge that I went through, I, I share in there. And some of it during the interviews, they say, oh, I love when you shared about your this. And I was like, I shared that? Oh, man, I got to go back and read the book, you know, because <laughs> I let it just pour through. And I, I just, when you read this book, you'll know everything, everything about me. And you'll either just like be, oh, I love him, <laughs> or you'll think I'm nuts. One of the two. <laughs> well, to me, when people think I'm nuts, that's like a, that's like one of the best compliments ever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right? It's yeah, like, thank you for noticing, because yeah. I'm not on yeah, that okay. normal track, whatever that made up stuff is. So hopefully you'll think I'm right. pretty out there. I mean, that is a compliment. <laughs> And it is, yeah. it's a definite uh, way to live and definite way to be. And I'm going to shout out to a person that follows you all the time. She might be the Floridian Deborah Nardi that um, she might be the very one that you were talking about earlier that she came here at the campus and then followed you around because she really admires your work. So anyway, she's mm-hmm. a good one to have on your admiring team. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's uh, she's yeah, really uh, incredible, and she goes to Carnegie Hall when we go, and you know, and so she's, she's just a real trailblazer. So I wanted to give mm-hmm. her a shout out because she let me know today how important it was to have you on the show, and that she would be tuning in. So we just gave her a heart yeah. uh, heart blessing. So anyway, I really <laughs> applaud you, and I yeah. appreciate you, and. Just continue doing what you're doing, and I'll see you on the journey as you continue to create more and more uh, books. You know, much success to you. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And, again, join us at firstunity.org and tune in to a space of um, our institute and all the things that we're offering now. And thank you so much for making my life better because you're actually genuinely interested in what we're doing. Thank you so much, Keith Leon S. We shall talk again. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again. Don't take your dreams lying down.